Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church, where you go to church with the whole world. I'll just say that. I'm telling you, I love saying that because I love knowing that we are reaching people all over the world. I'm telling you, I'm getting testimonies from people whose lives are being transformed through all of the ways that Impact Ministries is reaching out into the world. You know, uh, you know, we're putting books all over the world. We're putting videos all over the world. We're translating material into, into about a a dozen different languages around the world. I'll I, I tell you, I'm just so excited about what we're doing and so thankful for all the people that are helping to make that happen. Now, this series, as you know, is a part of my Ancient Mysteries series. And I'm telling you, this is going to be such an eye-opening series. And it's going to open your eyes and help you understand to what's really going on in the world. Uh how all of this got started, but more importantly, how this all ends. You know, there's a, there's a passage in uh, the book of Revelation. It says it two different times. It says, now this is the patience of the saints. And the patience of the saints, the ability to for, for believers to endure what's going on into the world and, and be overcomers and live victoriously, is, is that patience is is all about understanding very clearly what's happening now, why it's happening, but also how all of this ends, and you know, and how to be a, an overcomer in the process. So I, I'm just telling you, anytime you can help people live in victory, I'm absolutely for it. Now, in spiritual origins, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back to the very beginning. And, uh, and it's go th this part is going to seem so much like things that you probably know, but it's going to add pieces. It's going to add missing pieces. It's going to answer questions uh, that you probably have asked, not just when you were reading the Bible, but you, but you probably asked in your heart and your mind, you know, when you were taking science uh, uh, in high school, you know, or college. I mean, I mean, stop and think about it. We have volumes of evidence that supports everything that the Bible says, that reveals the intentions of God, that reveals the intentions of Satan. And uh, uh, science, very deliberately, very much by choice, will attempt to mislead you about these facts. You know, the pyramids, the megalithic structures of the ancient world, the scientific knowledge of the ancient world. I, I, you know, we're going to touch on all of this stuff to some degree, but I'm telling you what, you're, you're never going to be mystified again. You know, uh, uh, you know, a famous, on the History Channel, there's a you know, famous show uh, about I think they call it ancient aliens, I think. And every single mystery uh, 
that exist, you know, uh, again, about these types of things, the answers to those are very clearly in the Bible. Now, here's an amazing thing. There are Christians who will believe that aliens came and did all of these things in planet Earth, and some even believe that aliens, you know, gave birth to the human race. And even though we have the record of how these things came about, who did these things, we won't believe it. We'll believe that it was aliens. We'll believe, we'll believe that there are no answers. We'll believe that this is beyond comprehension. Well, it's not. I want to tell you something. The ancients, they built structures that we can't even build now using computers and, and, and gigantic earth movers. They did things that, uh, with a precision and a preciseness that we absolutely cannot do. And the Bible tells us how it was done. But the amazing thing is, is that accurate history tells us how it was done. You know, when they go down to Easter Island and they want to understand how all of these giant heads, you know, were, were, were placed where they're placed without any, uh, you know, uh, uh, monster cranes and bulldozers and stuff to do it, the, uh, the inhabitants of Easter Island tell them they know how it was done. But because their answers would support biblical truth, nobody wants to hear those answers. So they would rather cover up those answers and talk about aliens. They'd rather cover up those answers and talk about, you know, just make guesses. Uh, because you know what? The greatest threat uh, to the political world, the greatest threat to, to everything in the world Today, in man's control of the world, the greatest threat is the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God's Word. And that's why behind all of this chaos that's going on, the, you know, the real goal is to, is to alienate us from God, alienate us from the knowledge of God, and think that the only hope that we have is in this life. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, you're just going to be so excited going through this series. Now, let me mention this. I decided not to release the um, audio series that supports this uh, today, even though last week I'd mentioned that I probably would. That's just because I'm trying to decide how much material to put in. There, there's so much that we could put in here that, uh, you know, that would help you and that would benefit you that the big issue is trying to figure out what we can leave out and still make this incredibly meaningful. Let me say this. In the meantime, though, you, if you haven't read my book, Apocalypse, or if you've read it, you know, the book Apocalypse is one of those books that if you read it 10 times, you're going to see new things every time you read it, and you're going to come to a greater understanding. So, so you might want to review Apocalypse while you're waiting to order your audio series on ancient mysteries, or if you've never read it, you might want to uh, make it a companion study. Now, if you don't understand the origins of something, if you don't understand how something started, where it started, why it started, when it started, if you don't understand that, then it's very unlikely that you will be able to understand um, what a particular group or what a particular individual or what a particular philosophy is seeking to bring about in planet Earth. You know, uh, you know right now we are being told that, you know, that we all need to, to give in to socialism and give in to all of this nonsense. Well, you know what? The thing is, I know, I know how that ends. In the Bible, you don't know the truth 
by looking right in front of you and just seeing what's happening now. Uh, what you are seeing may be true, it may be factual, but it's not the truth until you understood where it began. Because when you understand the origins, then you understand the motives. Then you understand the agenda that's being worked. And only then can you understand the outcome. So you never know the truth by knowing the facts. You never know the truth by knowing what's happening in front of you. You have to know the beginning, the origins. You have to know what's happening. You have to be able to look at what's happening in front of you. And then once you get all that straight, you can understand what the outcome of anything that anybody is doing. Now, we all have, as Christians, have studied about Satan's fall. And I'm not going to go into great detail about that because you can you can search this stuff out for yourself if you, if you have a heart to do it. But we know that in, um, in our Isaiah 14, 12 through 17, uh, and Ezekiel 28, uh, 2 through 8, and then 14 uh, forward. We, we know that uh, we have these accounts of, I don't even like to call it the fall of Satan, because it wasn't a fall. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't Satan succumbing to a surprise, it was a rebellion. Just like in the garden, man didn't fall, man rebelled. And we know that that one of the most interesting statements about, about Lucifer's uh, rebellion was, was where the Bible says that you were perfect in all of your ways until iniquity was found in you. Now, iniquity... Uh, is means uh, lawlessness. This is one of the translations, but basically means no law. Now, people who reject God's law and commandments, uh, many think that the law and the commandments are legalistic. Well, I got news for you. If you think they're legalistic, you got a heart problem. If you think the law and the commandments was God trying to manipulate, control, do anything negative, you know, you'll hear people say that the Old Testament was all about fear and the New Testament's about love. No, no, you do not understand this. Now, let me, let me say this. You guys have heard me talk about the first two pillars of faith, and I've told you over the, over the last few years that I'll, I will tell you more about what I consider to be the, the pillars of faith. You know, the first pillar of faith is creation. Well, the majority of Christians do not believe the biblical account of creation. Therefore, they cannot know who God is. They cannot know the character and the nature of God. They can't understand how planet Earth works. They can't understand how faith works. Now, they can get close. They can talk all around it. But until you, until you understand um, uh, creation, then you can't even you can't even grasp what Jesus is talking about in Mark 11 because in Mark 11, where Jesus talks about this mountain moving faith, he is actually presenting a very concise version of how God created the world. But very few people know that. Very few people even recognize that because most believers don't know how God created the world. And the reason we don't know how God created the world is because we have we have been willing to believe false science. We have been willing to believe that somebody who just comes up, you know, with an idea that, you know, that, that and calls it science, that, that person must, I mean, that person must really, really, really have some insight to be in, in you know, involved in science. Well, uh, you, you know what? You know, Dawkins says this. 
is quoted as saying this. The fictional God of the Old Testament is a jealous and, pr and proud of it. Petty, unjust, unforgiving, control freak, a vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser, a misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, filicidal, pe uh, pestilential, uh, megalomaniac, um, uh, sadomasochist, capriciously malevolent bully. That right there is what the world believes about God. Now, part of the reason they believe that is, number one, the church uh, has really, ever since, ever since uh, about 200, 300 AD, the church has stopped preaching and teaching the truths of the Old Testament and has invented a concept of the New Covenant or the New Testament that is only loosely related to who God really is and to our understanding of God. You know, one of the things that you're going to discover in this series, we're going to be talking about the fallen angels. We're going to be talking about, like I said, not only you know about who built the pyramids, who did all this kind of stuff, but we're going to be talking about... Uh, all of these mysteries that we just absolutely can't seem to figure out, even though they're written in the Bible. But what you're going to realize is every violent action that God had to take against mankind was was really, uh, it, it was not genocidal. It was protecting a genocide because the Savior of the world was going to come through the nation of Israel. And all of these nations that uh, that Israel fought against, these nations were fully 100% committed to not destroy, just destroying the nation of Israel. They were fully committed to making it impossible for the bloodline of the Messiah to come and for us to have a Savior. And so you're going to, you're going to realize that some of these things that people are calling these, these genocidal uh, acts of acts of hatred. They were not acts of hatred. They were they were they were God protecting the world from uh, eternity separated from Him. So, but we got we've got to understand the creation of the universe. We've got to understand the creation of man. I, I'm telling you. I, you know, I, I've been in the ministry almost 50 years. I've preached to hundreds of thousands, if not well, actually millions of people. When you consider what we do video and in books and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I got to tell you, I, I, I could probably count on, on two hands the number of people that believe how God created man and what that implies about us. And, and almost every major denomination or every group believes things that actually oppose how God created man and keep man in bondage. But you know, one of the other things that we've got to believe, the third thing, is we have to understand the character and the nature and the rebellion of Satan and what that means and how we understand what's going on in planet Earth today. Now, one of the universal laws of God is, is the law of the seed. Now, I'll have a book coming out on this very shortly. And the law of the seed, I mean, it, there, there's all kinds of dynamics to the law of the seed, but the most important thing that we know from the law of the seed is every seed bears after its own kind. And so it really doesn't, you know, if you plant watermelon seeds, you're going to grow watermelon. If you plant, plant apple seeds, you're going to grow apples. You, you know, a seed can only produce after its own kind. Now, our hearts uh, are a field, if you will, 
that is filled with the seed that we have put in it. And that seed that we have put in is what we think, what we listen to, and basically what we come to believe. And so once our beliefs are established, uh, unless we repent, unless we, unless we uh, uh, work with our heart, the way the Bible teaches us to work with our heart as we deal with the issues, then the real truth is once the seed is planted, we, it's predictable what's going to come out of our heart. What's going to come out of our heart is exactly what we believe about us, exactly what we believe about God. And it doesn't matter how much you want something else to happen. If you don't change what's in your heart, I got news for you. Uh, nothing else is going to come out of your heart. Now, <clears throat> so... When you think about that, when you go to the origins of creation and the origins of the creation of man, then you discover what motivated God and, and what's in God's heart. And then, therefore, you, you, you can actually interpret Scripture in a meaningful way. You know, you can't believe the truth about God uh, and uh, come up with these things these ideas of God being legalistic, mean, and, and hard, and vengeful, and wrathful, and all that kind of stuff. You can't get that once you understand creation and his motive in creation. You know, one of the primary motives in creation, we know first and foremost that God wanted a family, and, um, you know, he didn't need an army. He actually didn't need anything. God is love, and love has one need, if you will. I don't like to use that word, but love always seeks to be able to express itself uh, to to people, if you will, that have the capability of receiving that love and enter into loving relationship. So the one and only reason there is a planet Earth, the one and only reason there is this solar system, this galaxy, this universe, the one and only reason all these things is existing are existing is because God is love and God wants to be in loving relationships. So once you understand that, you start looking at creation differently. You know, every time God would do something in creation, he would come back and say, it is good. Well, that word good in the Hebrew, among other things, always points to the concept of, of uh, harmonious or being in harmony. And so if something was good, it means it was in harmony. Well, in harmony with what? In harmony with God's intentions. And so everything that God did, you know, it amazes, amazes that the Bible tells us, I think it's, uh, I think it's Titus uh, 2.10 or right in there, I think that's it, unless I've got my scriptures confused. But it tells us that God gave us everything for our pleasure. He gave us everything for our enjoyment. God didn't put anything here to test us, try us, tempt us, trouble us, any of that kind of stuff. That is not what he does. And so once you understand creation and you understand God's motive, you start, you can't read all this judgment and stuff into the Bible. You can't read all this wrath and stuff into the Bible. So likewise, we have to look back at the beginnings and we have to understand the spiritual origins of Lucifer and this whole world's system that is totally, that exists and that is totally opposed to the kingdom of God. And you can't understand that till you understand what motivated Lucifer. And, and once you understand what motivated Lucifer, then you understand what is in his heart and you understand every single thing that is done in planet Earth. And let me just say this. Anytime anything is contradictory to the Word of God, and not just to the Word of God, but even to the principles 
of the Word of God, then not only is it a lie, but the person that is preaching it or teaching it is a liar. Now, they might not know that they're a liar, but they are a liar. They are teaching. They're speaking a lie. But furthermore, anytime we are speaking a lie as the truth, then we are attempting to make God the liar. I, we're going to exalt. This is, this is what iniquity does. See, lawlessness, and that's, that's what iniquity is, no law. In other words, there, there are no absolutes. You know, the Bible, well, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> the Bible talks about the whole concept uh, of the law just teaching us how to wa uh, walk in love, how to treat one another. You know, eight out of ten of the Ten Commandments were about relating to one another, not relating to God. God is a God of love. Everything he does is so that, is so that we can walk in love one toward another so that we can walk in a loving relationship with him. And anything, anything that is not consistent with that is a lie. And the person that is lying is trying to make God a liar uh, and say that God is not who he says he is. Now, I'm, you know, that, that's, that's a pretty serious accusation. And that's why I think we, we need to be incredibly careful about those things that we, we preach and teach. But you just want to remember, and I'm, I am not going to read all these scriptures. You can go read them for yourself. But in the book of Ezekiel, it says that, that Lucifer's heart was lifted up. In other words, pride uh, caused him to lift up his heart and say, look, I'm a God. And cause him to say, y you know what? My opinion's just as good as God's, you know? My opinion's just as good as the Bible, like a lot of Christians might say. Well, how I see it is just how I see it. That's what I believe. Well, no matter what you believe, if it is not aligned with God's word. So, so Lucifer, the beginning of Lucifer's rebellion, the purpose, the cause, all of it was about pride and the belief and the attempt to overthrow God and become the God of this world. Now, we're going to get into this a whole lot. Won't get into it much today, but let me say something. One of the scriptures about Lucifer that just gripes me is the Bible calls him the anointed cherub that cover us. And I don't know where people get this, but, you know, all of my life, I've heard people try to say that Lucifer, you know, covered the throne of God. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't even imply that. That's just something goofy that people came up with. You know, many people say, well, see, he was the worship leader because it describes all of these, all of these uh, things about him in musical terms. Well, it's like I said decades ago. It's like, well, it talks about all these precious stones. If that's the case, then he could have been a jeweler uh, 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 more than a musician. <laughs> you know, uh, so... so you know, we, we, we look back and, and we think that he is like the closest thing to God. No, Jesus is the closest thing to God. This whole Luciferian uh, uh, concept of him covering the throne of God and, and uh, you know, all of that, that is, that is totally and completely unscriptural. And I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to allude to this. And if you want more information about this, get my book, Satan Unmasked, because, uh, you know, in these passages in Isaiah and Ezekiel, one of the things that they say is, I'm going to cast you down to the ground. I'm going to cast you down into a pit. And when the people see you, they're going to say, what? This is who I was afraid of? This is who made the nations to tremble? In other words, their eyes are going to be open. They're going to say, you know what? 
This is crazy that I was ever afraid of him. Well, I got news for it. Before. If you unmask yourself to who he really is right now, you'll never be afraid of him again. You'll, you will never, never, never fear the devil or fear that he could actually do anything to you. So everything that the devil did, he did for pride. Now, remember, the, he was cast out of heaven. He lost the battle. The war between Lucifer and God is not still raging. There is no way that Lucifer could ever win this battle, and we'll go into the scripture that shows you that. Therefore, he is enraged that in his rebellion, he didn't win. And I'm going to show you in scripture, and I talk about this a lot in my book, Satan and Mass, I'm convinced that one of the great motivators, you know, a person that's filled with pride, they're always jealous. They think they should be number one. They think they should be the first one picked to be on your team, you know. And I got news for you. Satan is so intimidated. He is so frustrated. And he is so angry that the human race is closer to God than he ever could be or that he ever will be. And so he could not win over God, so he focused all of his attention on the human race. And every single thing that's happening in planet Earth that is not biblically based is the work of Lucifer and is designed to kill, steal, and destroy nothing else. Why? Because that's what is in his heart. You know, Mark 7, 20 says, what comes out of a man, that's what defiles a man. For from within the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, uh, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all of these things come from within. Now I want you to understand something. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out whether you want it to or not. You know, uh, Jesus having an argument with the uh, with really Pharisees that believed on him, but really didn't want to really become disciples and give up their belief. And so, uh, you know, they, they were threatening to kill him, wanting to kill him. He said, look, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth from God. Um, and he says, uh, uh, and I haven't come for myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Why? Because you're not able to listen to my word. Well, why are you not able to listen to my word? Because you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he is speaking from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you don't want to believe me. And so, so Jesus... It, it is, I mean, it's something to think about. It. These are incredibly religious people. These are incredibly pious people. And uh, they, they do not have any concept of the fact that everything outside of who God is, based on how he has revealed himself. And remember, Isaiah 53 tells us that Jesus is coming to really to show us who God really is. But you see, because we don't see God through the eyes of Jesus, because we don't use Jesus' life, his teaching, his death, burial, and resurrection to become the basis for interpreting all truth, because of that, then we mix all of these seeds, which the Bible tells you not to do. Do not mix seed in the same furrow. Why? Because it corrupts. It corrupts the good seed. You get weeds growing in the garden of your heart, and the weeds will always choke out uh, the fruit of, of life and truth that God is trying to bring forth in you. So 
I want you to understand something. The person who disagrees with God, it may not be their intention to kill, steal, and destroy, but they are killing, stealing, and destroying. And they are because everything that came into the world outside of the Word of God, everything that came into the world outside of what Jesus revealed to us about God is a lie and it is designed to destroy you. That is radical, but you got to know this because I'm telling you, I'm going to open up some doors to you starting next week that it's going to boggle your mind at how simple and how clear and straightforward the Bible tells us these things, but the world doesn't want us to know. Listen, be sure and share this with your friends. Be sure and join me every week. You're going to love ancient mysteries. Your eyes are going to be open. It's going to unlock the truth for you. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.